Welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca, and you're listening to AM 1510 NBC Sports Radio Boston. If you've got questions or comments and you want to join in on this conversation, please send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. You can also find me on Facebook, which we're going to discuss in the first segment, or my website, talkwithfrancesca.com. Okay, before we get started, I gave away 10 tickets to the King Richard's Fair um, to the first 10 listeners who emailed me last week and got bombarded so i'm giving away 10 more so if you want to go to the king richard's fair in carver um you want to get in for free the tickets are worth 28 bucks a piece email me at info at talkwithfrancesca.com that email again is info at talkwithfrancesca.com okay is facebook making us lonely social media from facebook to twitter we have with us here today Rosemary Nickel, and she's been studying and teaching marketing and social media for the past 10 years. She's a professional speaker and published author, and she's going to enthusiastically tell us all about Facebook today. Welcome, Rosemary, and thank you for being on Talk with Francesca today. Thanks for having me, Francesca. I'm excited to be here. You have just such enthusiasm. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, this is sort of, um, this is my soapbox here, so I was really kind of excited to talk about this today. But, you know, I wonder about Facebook. It seems like today kids don't just go out and meet each other. They're just texting and they're Facebooking and they're Twittering and whatever, but they don't just, like, get together. So so what gives? What's, what, what are we doing with this? What's going on with social media? Well, if this is... Um something that's, you know, it's a really, really hard transition for parents and society because it's just so relatively new to us. But, and there's a lot of fear around it, and rightly so, there should be a lot of fear around it because, um, you know, it can, it's known to, you know, cause suicide. It can ruin people's lives and careers before they even get started. Um, Not to mention marriages, right? Marriages. There are, there are a plethora of negatives to social media, but then there's a lot of positives to social media, and I'm, I have been dubbed um, Pollyannish. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you, you talk about the positive, but I'm going to tell you what I think about the negative. <laughs> I'm not denying it. Okay. Okay. But I'm also a problem solver. Okay. All right. All right. Well, but, you know... Let me just ask you this. I mean, it's research is suggesting that we've never been lonelier or more narcissistic and that the loneliness is making people mentally and physically ill. So if, if Facebook is doing this, I mean, I, I think there's an issue with this. And and um, what do you think? Oh, there's definitely an issue for some and for some there's not. But I think overall, um, overall, I think all of us can learn to use less of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think overall, yes, we're probably, um, hiding behind social media a little bit too much, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, um, you know, there's the positive aspects. I asked on my Facebook, um, last night, 
and I, you know, was talking about the show and said what I was going to be talking about and asked how people how social media has affected their life. Oh, fantastic, and, and what they say. And, and it was a great discussion last night. And overall, I got a lot of positive feedback. And I also asked the question, um, which, you know, comes up all the time about social media. People don't pick up the phone anymore and call, and people don't write letters anymore, and they're disconnected. And I said, you know, quite honestly, before social media, I never called anybody and I never wrote letters. I've never been a writer. I don't enjoy writing. But whenever the internet came along, I, it was a totally different thing for me. And I actually communicate more now than I ever have because of the internet and social media. So I asked if anybody can remember what it was like before they got on social media. And a lot of people admitted that they didn't write and they didn't make phone calls before social media. So. It's a good possibility that maybe it hasn't affected us as much as we think. Mm. And um, everybody, everybody across the board has said they have they are able to stay connected with family members and friends that don't live nearby in a way that they never did before. They get to see what's going on in their lives, where it might be a year or two before they get connected again and catch up with somebody. Now they're in their lives on a regular basis. But in their lives on what level? So don't silence me because we disagree. But, um, but I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm good with, I'm good with this. Okay, you're good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, well, no, and you know what? I mean, I think there's some great uh, aspects to it. But, you know, and, and I'm going to just uh, permit me to detour just for a bit. But last week, I switched phone carriers. Now, I know we're not talking about Facebook, but we are talking, you know, technology and whatnot. Um, yeah. It was like a huge huge crisis in my life. I'm telling you, for six days, I had no phone. By the fifth day that I was on the phone with the carrier, I actually let out a primal scream. I'm not kidding you. I mean, really. I I, I didn't even know who I was. It was just like, ah! I mean, seriously, it was like, I, I, what, what am I going to do? I can't deal with this. You know, and it sort of made me realize, wow, we are really, we're just like, you know, what did happen to just picking up the phone? And and I'll tell you what, and, and, you know, I'm not a kid, and sometimes I pick up the phone to call someone, and, you know, there's almost a little bit of, I don't know if I'd call it anxiety necessarily, but it, it's almost foreign. You know, it's it, it's almost like it doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and, and I actually think there's nothing like that connection. You know, it's like in the old days, you know, when... Um, you know, I had a, a dating service, and I was a, a personal matchmaker, and it was that one-on-one. And I was competing with some of the computer dating services. Well, I'll tell you what, I did very well, and the people really liked the one-on-one approach. Um, so I think that sometimes that personal element, when, when it's missing, just makes everything kind of go haywire. But, okay, I'll give you your chance to go ahead and say how wonderful Facebook is. <laughs> Tell me what's so great about it if it's not alienating us. Uh, well, you know, I think it's a choice of whether you're allowing it to alienate you or not. So um, it just so happens that um, this is really a great topic for me because I have been feeling the need to maybe get rid of my phone or remove all of the social media apps off of my phone because there is a problem with families and parents with small children maybe not being as connected. Mm-hmm or as being with their kids. 
And um, yesterday, um, a woman posted, um, she had posted earlier in the week, she got rid of her smartphone. She owns a large business, mm-hmm. a very successful business, and she got rid of her smartphone. Why? And she bought a go-to phone that only takes text and phone calls, and that's it. And so it's been a week, and guess what her results are? Fabulous. Nope. Horrible. She said she's sleeping better. Her husband said that she is 30% more present than she ever has been. She's apologized to her family for not being for being absent for the past two years because of the smartphone. And she said that um, I'm eating healthier. I'm more aware of you know how I'm taking care of myself. And there's all these positive things because it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay, so wait, and, back up here. Let me just interject here for a second. So, so let me understand something. So she has a phone where she only can receive texts and receive phone calls, but she cannot do any outbounding herself? Did I understand that correctly? Uh, well, no, she can call out and she can text out, but there's no social media, no apps or anything like that. Oh, I don't have that on my so phone. So it's like anyway. an old-fashioned phone oh. that we used to have when cellular phones came out, and it was just you could call people, and that was it. Well, yeah. Well, you know, do you do you really think anybody cares if you just made a nice roast beef dinner? I, I mean, I don't. I, I, I think it's absurd. When I first got onto Facebook, because it's like, you know, you have to have Facebook, you have to have Facebook, you're, you, you know, you're a radio host. And I was like, oh, God. But you know what? And I was obsessed with it in the very, very beginning back years ago, and and then it was just like, people are talking about things that just don't matter to me. And it almost seems like they're a little, um, it's, they're a little brag, they're a little bit of braggart going on there, you know? I don't know. That's, that's just my take. But, um, you know, someone's got a new, a new boat. They want to talk all about it and how they took off to, you know, the vineyard, whatever. Um, and it, to me, it's... Can I go with them? I love yeah, them. yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. Yeah, but, but then, then there's people who are getting jealous, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. But, okay, well, let, but let's... Okay, so, so this woman has a good old-fashioned phone. Well, that's, you know what? That's all I've ever had. Texting, coming and going. And, well, actually, what am I saying? What am I saying? I lied. I'm caught lying on the air. I do pick up my emails sometimes from my cell phone. Now that I think of it, but you know something, it matters less and less because emailing isn't even the way to go anymore. I mean, emailing's no. kind of kind of passe, isn't it? It is very passe. Um, people just don't open their emails anymore. It's um, it's kind of like getting junk mail in your mailbox at home. Okay, so let me digest this. But not emails are not junk always. mail. Oh, but pardon me. To me, I'm okay. Um, that's not necessarily true in business. I know that it's used, and I and I know that it works as long as the people want to be on your email list and they want your information, and you have to be in front of them all the time. But mm-hmm. you have to be creative with the 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 um, intro to get people to open it, and it has become much more difficult to get people's attention because we're so overwhelmed with information. Oh, you know what? Maybe that's why I've felt scattered lately. If you're just tuning in. You're listening to Talk with Francesca, and I am speaking with Rosemary Nickel, and she's been studying and teaching marketing and social media for the past 10 years. She's also a professional speaker and published author. What have you written? Um, I actually, it's funny you should mention it, um, I actually um, wrote about uh, my experience with postpartum depression, which is why I actually started my business, Mm -hmm. uh, because I felt so alone. 
and I felt judged by other moms. Moms, um, new moms are like teenage girls. Man, those hormones, woo, they are vicious. Oh yeah. And and so um, I I talk about my um, what happened with my postpartum depression and what led me into becoming creating my own business because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of leads to the social media can it cause depression and lead to feelings of isolation? Absolutely. It, there's no filtering of thoughts on social media anymore. People don't think about what they're saying or how hurtful they can be because it just there's nothing to attach to. They're not standing in front of somebody. They don't have to think about it. They don't even have to look at them in the eyes. So let's just dive right in on that topic right there because I think that there's that, that hit button, that send button just goes a little bit too quick. Myself included, I've done that before. So now I have a, a, a philosophy. If I want to send a message to someone, not necessarily a bad message, but, you know, I'm not going to be crazy about what I have to say or whatever, I tend to hold back a hair. Um, you know, sometimes even overnight, read it in the morning and then decide how I want it to come across. Um, you know, I mean, there was no such thing. There was no such thing years ago. You know, if you had to write a letter, of course, you said you didn't write letters, but, um, you know, I did. Um I'm showing my age. <laughs> I mean, I still write oh, thank still you notes. Write Pardon me? There's still people that write letters. They like it. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was taught to, to uh, write thank you notes. But anyway, um, all right. So, um, so let's talk about the positive impacts that social media has made on a society then, because obviously I've been, you know, nay-naying it. So tell me yeah. how you think it has made things better. I think it has, but I also think it's harmful. I don't want to um, discount the depression and isolation because of what it, and because I was through depression. So I would like, if it's okay with you, talk about that. Just yes, please do. Please do. Yes. Um, I found online that um, German researchers conducted two studies with 600 Facebook user, users and to show Facebook can stir up intense envy. There goes the jealous thing, oh, yeah. and can also negatively impact life satisfaction, particularly for passive users. So passive users are those people that just sit on social media all day long, and they just troll. They don't comment, and so they all they see is people going, and what are their, their number one? is Envy was the answer in nearly 30% of the cases, followed by 20% of those who deplored lack of feedback, so people weren't commenting on their posts, mm-hmm. and, and 30%. 36% of the cases, subjects said they sometimes to very often felt frustrated by Facebook. Most envied were the vacations or leisure activities of others, followed by social interactions. Um, you know, somebody got more happy birthday wishes than they did. <laughs> it's like it's regressed us into children again. It is. It is truly sad that these things, and, you know, I come from a world, although I used to come from a world, you know, I used to live in that envy and, and things like that. and was very sensitive of whether somebody was talking to me or not. And, you know, but this, there was, I've done a lot of personal growth because I am in business and you have to do that. Mm-hmm. All that I have let go, and I have learned to just be me and, and love me for me and not worry about what other people think. And, you know, Oprah said something um, recently, um, and she said, when you portray yourself, you are no different than the people that hurt you. So you're allowing, you're, you're allowing other people's life to make you feel awful. Wait, run that one by me be- again. I need to digest that one. So say that one more time for, for me and our listeners. When you betray yourself, you are no different than the people that hurt you. Ah, uh, okay. 
Okay. Are pretty powerful. Well, she is a pretty powerful woman. Yes, she is. Yeah. So, okay, you said you have a surprising fact about social media that will shock our listeners. Tell us what it is. Social media. Now, you know how Internet is. This, you know, I don't know where the facts came for this, and I want to do some more research to see how, you know, I would love to get percentages on this, but social media has overtaken porn as the number one activity on the web. Really? Isn't that shocking? Well, that's, well, it's not only shocking, but I guess it's good for business owners then. It's excellent for business owners. Um, you know, 93% of businesses are using social media. And for people like you and me who own your own business, it makes it so much easier to get your name out there in a bigger way out into the world. And we're not, you know, we're not talking about in our city, we're not talking about within our state or within the United States. We can reach the whole entire world. Why do you think that is? Why do you think social media is is just like just exploding the way it is? Uh, people want to be heard. People want to be listened to. They want to feel like they um, have um, that you know what they're doing is making a difference. What kind of a do you think there is a difference? Do you think that there's a specific kind of a person who is on social media versus not? I think there's a variety, and you know, it's really kind of hard for me to say. Um, kind of, um, if you want to succeed in life, you are the result of the people, five people that are closest to you. So I think that goes. The same thing applies to social media. I don't let negative people on my Facebook. I don't have that problem. I don't see people posting negative things. People are positive, and if they have bad things happening in their life, they think about the positive things and the positive things that are going to come from it. Yes, it's painful. Yes, they struggle, and they talk about that struggle, but then because I'm so so connected with positive people and they're connected with positive people, people are helping them and supporting them and providing them with solutions to their problems instead of just um, sitting and wallowing in, in our crap. <laughs> right. And here I am talking negatively solutions. about Facebook, like as in Facebook friends. That absolutely cracks me up. I mean, people will try to move heaven and earth to get one more Facebook friend. Cracks me up. It's like, who are these people and where do they come from? I don't know them. I, I, why would I want them to be my friend on Facebook? Why would I want them to know my business? And because you want them to be your friends because you have a radio show. <laughs> Oh, damn. I should have thought of that. But, you know, it's, it is. It's kind of a funny thing, you know. And, you know, will you be my friend? It's like, I don't know you. But, but I don't, you know, I just think that um, actually there's an interesting woman. Um, her name is Tanya Hollander. And she did a um, photography uh, show on all her Facebook friends. She had tons of them. And it ended up getting in the um, Portland Museum. I mean, just. Amazing, amazing. And she met tons of her Facebook friends. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and they weren't really her friends, but they took her in and blah, blah, blah. And I think all that's great, I suppose. Um, but, you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wait, what are you wowing about? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. No, 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 I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I mean, but I do think, you know, it, it's just, it's funny. I, I think um, what I think is a little interesting about um, 
social media a little uh, frightening is that people can just kind of look you up and find out all sorts of stuff about you and where you live and, you know, all sorts of things. And um, I like my privacy, you know, um, and it's, it can be a little frightening sometimes. And, you know, it's just as easy for me to do the same. If I want to look somebody up, I can go ahead and just start typing in and boom, boom, boom. You know, and um, there's there's a lack of um, it's lack of privacy. I don't know. I'm, I hope I start getting paranoid and looking over my shoulder. You know, but but uh, but I mean, do you agree? I mean, it's kind of you know, people can know almost virtually anything about you. Yes, they can. But you get to choose what you put out there. And before Facebook happened, I looked people up and found out where they live. That's what I did for a living. I did home, um, homeowner's insurance. So I knew how to very easily find out where somebody lived with absolutely no problem. So for to me, it's, it doesn't matter whether you're on Facebook or not. They can find you if they want to find you. Well, it's true. Um, you know, um, actually, I am a, a writer, actually, as well. And um, I had um, I was doing a, my blog, my weekly blog, and um, – a long lost friend. I mean, you know, nothing sort of happened in between us. We just kind of went in our different directions 20 years ago. And, and, you know, she kind of went one way. I went the other, you know, we always loved each other. Always. We were always friends in our, our hearts and our minds, but we just, as I said, went in different directions and she found me that way. And I'm so grateful and eternally grateful for that. You know, it's like, wow, that's really fantastic. Um, but on the, you know, and, and so those things do really, um, they do make a difference, you know, but, um, but, you know, the as the, um, positive aspect on kids, I'm anxious to hear about because, um, I think that kids get a little over the top with the Facebook thing. And frankly, I don't know how they even study in college, um, you know, with all their, you know, pictures and everything coming and going and whatnot. So, um, do you consider that a positive thing in social media? Well, that's where this whole new generation comes in, and it's just like anything else in parenting Mm -hmm. is that we have to educate and teach our kids. You know, there's a lot of fear around it for parents. Um, Unfortunately, just like Elvis and the Beatles and our parents, you know, the parents back then were having a cow over them, and they had to learn how to deal with it. We have to learn how to deal with social media and the Internet with our kids. So it's teaching our kids and leading them how, how to communicate. And if they have, if they make a mistake, how do you deal with that mistake? And how you deal with that mistake is what's going to make the difference in you being a, a great person or not so great person. And, and Rosemary, um, there's also the cyber bullying that goes on as well. And, you know, a lot of- there's a lot of cyber bullying that goes on. Um, one in three teens has posted something embarrassing about someone else. One in four kids have had private or embarrassing things posted about them. And, you know, 58% of the children from 13 to 17 have smartphones now. Smartphones! That's crazy! It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. You know, and we have, like, such little time left here, and I had so much more that I wanted to talk to you about. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, well, there is, real quickly, um, there is um, one, one thing for teens, a book that I've read, um, Wise Conversations with My Aunt or Uncle. It talks about the frontal lobe and their decision-making, that it's not fully developed. And I think it's a very small, short book that teens and parents can read, and it's very eye-opening um, on their decision-making, um, which can apply to the social media. Um, one of the rules that you may want to apply to your children is if you don't, don't post anything that you wouldn't want your grandma or your parents to see, Parents need to monitor and go to a, a 
uh, blog I recently read is called Elizabeth Foss, F-O-S-S dot com, um, and look up screen rules, and it will give you a guide of maybe how you can handle um, dealing with um, social media and um, electronic devices in your household. Fantastic. Rosemary Nichol, thank you so much for being on Talk with Francesca today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Okay. All right. Next up, has Fido been hiding in the bedroom, not eating, just acting out with general malaise? Is it possible that Fido could be suffering from depression when we come back? Stay tuned. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Your own anger will always get in the way of your success. But what you may not realize is that very often it's someone else's anger response that's getting in your way. In the new book, Outsmarting Anger, Seven Ways to Diffuse Our Most Dangerous Emotion, Harvard psychiatrist Dr. Joseph Schrand shows you the tools within your own brain that can recognize and diffuse the deep-seated anger emotions of others, such as mistrust, envy, and suspicion. Dr. Schrand observes, you control no one, but you can influence people, especially when it comes to preventing anger. Samuel Shem, author of The House of God, says outsmarting anger is vibrant, comprehensive, and smart. An in-depth exploration that's an easy read, practical, and most importantly, helpful. Order Outsmarting Anger on Amazon.com and other ebook locations now. Outsmarting Anger by Dr. Joseph Schrand. Hi, I'm Donna McGovern, and I'm a real estate agent working in the Remax on the River office in the beautiful coastal town of Newburyport. I enjoy working with clients on the North Shore and in the Merrimack Valley areas. One of my specialties is I have an eco-broker certification, meaning I have a deep interest in protecting our environment and in energy efficiencies and cost-saving ideas. Buying and selling a home I know is an investment of which one must take seriously, but I also think it's important to have fun along the way. i found that the most successful transactions have been based on mutual trust and respect between all involved parties. I hope you take the time to give me a call so we can set up an appointment to meet and I can provide some information on how to have a positive and successful home buying and home selling experience. The number to reach me is 978-992-4535. That's 978-992-4535. If I were your real estate agent, you'd be home now. Are you looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you'll want to dine at Terramia's. This North End Italian restaurant provides a simply divine culinary experience and, as quoted in Zagat's Restaurant Guide, pastas without compare. And it's reasonably priced. This North End gem will keep you coming back. Terramia is simply the best Italian restaurant in all of Boston. Call 617-523-3112, 617-523-3112, or terramiarestaurante.com. We are back. Is your furry friend not acting like their usual, loving, warm, cuddly self? 
Well, with me here today is Darlene Arden. She is a certified animal behavior consultant expert on animal behavior and more. Welcome, Darlene, and thank you for being on Talk with Francesca today. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be with you. Well, thank you. So before we got on the air, you said there was a there was a little animal there kissing you. You're an animal lover, obviously. How many animals do you have? I just, I had to ask that first. Right now, just one. Oh, I enough. thought you were going to just say just five or six or something. No, then the, uh, the state, would, you know, the city would come after me, or the town. I always am curious why people have like five or six cats and three dogs. I mean, how many animals can one person have? My, well, you know, my, my dog is a handful. He's just like his mama. Exactly. I think you have the best number of dogs, one of my friends once said, is to have is one. And you do everything you possibly can with that one dog. Well, that's, an, that's a totally different topic, but uh, we can talk about that in a second. But I, I guess my, my question always is that doesn't the dog get lonely? I mean, I would love my dog to have a little pal, but my schedule doesn't allow for it. And he's a handful in in it of himself, so that's enough for me. But, um, but oftentimes, you know, people have said, "Oh, he needs a little friend." Yeah, like, no, that's okay. No, I'm his friend. That's good well, enough. His friend. Yeah, it, that's right. Six o'clock in the morning. I'm his friend. No more friends. No, no more friends. <laughs> you can arrange play dates. You can get you get get involved in canine sports, and he'll have plenty of friends, and so will you. Canine sports? Oh, goodness. How are we ever going to get to animal depression if we keep going veering off here? But what do you mean canine sports? There are all sorts of wonderful things to do with your dog, everything from agility to try ball, which is hurting balls of different sizes, depending upon the size of your dog, from one space to another, and it's timed. There's canine musical freestyle, which is a choreographed dance routine to music with your dog. <laughs> Oh, I have lots of things you can get involved with. Wait, I just want to ask my producer here. Uh, do you have a dog, Ross? Yes, I do. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I said, what kind of dog do you have? A Boston Terrier. A Boston Terrier. Okay. Uh, all right, just, just checking he in. He to live dangerously. He, he's living dangerously, yeah. Okay, let's hear this. Okay, dancing dogs. I love it. Okay, I want to hear all about this. How I can, am... I can't even hardly dance, let alone teach my dog. I am a certified WCFO judge, referee, and advisory (laughs) board member for the World Canine Freestyle Organization. And I'm here to tell you that dancing with your dog is a guy thing, too. (laughs) We have a lot of guys dancing with their dogs. We have one who did this fabulous football routine with his dog. Basically, what it is is trick training set to music with your dog. It is what? It's like training tricks. Okay. That's the music. Yeah, okay. And it's wonderful because your dog has to work on all sides of you, so veterinarians have discovered that these dogs are better balanced. Mm-hmm. It's great for health. You don't do anything dangerous. There's no equipment to fall off from. What you're doing is capturing natural movements that the dog makes and setting them to music. And as long as you can move, I mean, we're not looking for Fred Astaire and Ginger, Ginger Rogers. Uh, as long as you can move to music, and your dog is thrilled to move to music. Oh, really? claim the dog picks the music. Really? You think dogs like music? They love music. How about, you know, when we like to blast the music loud because we hear a song that we're crazy about? Well, that about. hurts. So, well, that's what I was going to ask you. Does that bother the dog because... They hear. It bothers me. And oh. Dogs have more sensitive hearing, so why wouldn't it bother the dog terribly? But they're so polite, they don't tell you. They just 
sort of suffer with it in silence. Unless you hear the dog howling along and you think, oh, isn't that wonderful? The dog's singing, too. No, the dog's in pain. (laughs) We have to bring back Happy. (laughs) That's just not a whole lot of fun for the dog. Oh, that's funny. Okay. All right. So let's, let's... Pups need a purpose, I think. Otherwise, they get depressed. Would you agree? Yes, they do. And they really do need to do something. That's one reason they get depressed. And getting involved in a dog sport is great for the dog and great for the owner, whether it's agility, tri-ball, canine musical freestyle, rallyo, or any one of a number of different sports. But who has time, Darlene? Weekends. Weekends are good. Oh, my God. It doesn't take long to practice. You have to walk your dog every day, right? Yep, but that's good exercise for us. I agree. So far, so good. So far, I'm not going to argue with you. Okay. And at the same time you're walking your dog, you could also be doing some trick training. It only takes you an extra five minutes. What's five minutes out of your life to spend with somebody who loves you unconditionally? I know. Do you think that, um, but so do you think dogs, obviously, do you think dogs can get depressed? Are you there? I'm here, but I can't hear you. Oh, All okay. I heard was you think dogs. Oh, oh, oh. I, what I, I said is... I so, about dogs, but I don't know what the <laughs> No, what I said was, or what I asked you is that you obviously think dogs can get depressed, right? Absolutely. Okay, so I, I last night I started looking into this a little bit knowing that you were going to be on the air with me. And I started getting depressed thinking that my dog's probably depressed because he's probably not getting enough, enough activity. <laughs> and and well, there, Dogs get depressed for a lot of reasons. Like, and it's not about activity. What I mean, is they're that? not happy about that if they're not active enough. But dogs get depressed if they've lost, if you've lost a family member, whether that's an animal or another person in the home. If you bring in another person in the home that they weren't expecting and it upsets their lives, that can depress them. If you've moved, that's another traumatic event for the dog. It's traumatic for us. On well, the scale, you know, those, all of these things that would bother us really do bother the dog. And you should know your dog well enough to look at it and know that it's not quite right. If the dog is not wagging its tail as enthusiastically when you come home, if the dog's ears are down and the tail is down, tail's a great barometer on a dog. And what, what, what is that saying, if the tail is down? And it's, what, what is it saying, if the tail is down, darling? It's saying that it's not happy. Really? I mean, there are times when the tail's down because the dog is resting. But if the tail is down at a time when he's normally up, that dog is telling you it's either not feeling well or, or it's really upset about something. It's just not happy. Oh, that's so sad. If the dog's tail is normally kept in a certain position, you know your own dog. You know how the dog's tail usually mm-hmm. looks. You know, now, the yeah. first thing to do if you notice some of these symptoms of depression, and dogs do mope around, and sometimes you'll hear a dog sigh. Now, if you suddenly... You mean one of these? <sighs> yes. My yeah, dog's been doing do that, that for nine years, and I don't think he's depressed. <laughs> he's well, one of the... you, you're giving him a really good home. He's got nothing to complain about. It's <laughs> the kid, like the kid who never talked for five years and suddenly spoke in a sentence, please pass the ketchup. <laughs> and they said, you've never talked before. Why are you suddenly speaking? And he said, until now, I had nothing to complain about. So it's the same kind of the deal. The dog has not been depressed. There hasn't been a problem. And suddenly it's kind of... 
and he's depressed. Uh, well, you know what? Um, this was way back years ago, but I was I had moved to Connecticut, and um, my little boy, my little Bijan, um, was not happy. He wouldn't eat. He just would not eat. I could not get him to eat. I would try putting like people food on top of his food. I tried everything till I finally had to bring him to the vet. He finally did outgrow up, but it took a good four or five months. It's like, are you kidding me? You're going to fade away to nothing. He was depressed. He didn't like his new environment. And then he finally, you know, slowly but surely, you know, became okay again. But now I actually am um, moving in the next couple of months, and I am actually concerned. Thinking, oh, is he going to hide? And in you the, should be. Is he going to hide in the closet, you know, and... Um, Make it an easy transition. Has he been to the new home yet to check it out? No, he has not. Actually, that was that was on the agenda. That was on the agenda today. I was going to take him for a, a little spin. <laughs> Seriously, if it's not far away and you have an opportunity to do that, let him check out the home so it looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And if you have an opportunity to bring a toy with you and play with him there, so he knows that that space can be a happy space. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Give him a chance to meet the new... I mean, you got a chance to to look at the new place before you agreed to live there. Good point. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Talk Granted, it's not a make or break deal if he decides he doesn't like it. You're moving anyway (laughs) and kind of tough luck. (laughs) But at least try to make the transition pleasant for him. I try very, very hard to make my little guy happy. I'll tell you, when I was looking around at first, I was looking for... Um, a backyard that was fenced in so that I could just let him out and let him do his thing and have fun. But it got to be a little crazy. I thought, I cannot be buying a home based on where the dog's going to go out and play. So I, I quickly came to my, my senses. But anyway, we're, we're speaking with Darlene Arden, who is a certified animal behavior consultant. She's also an expert on animal behavior. So what does it mean? Now, it's, this is funny because, um, you know, dare I admit such a thing, but um, I love, my dog's just a little guy, and I like to have him sleeping in my bed. Um, and, you know, maybe the past, whatever, year or so, he just decided this was a new thing, and he liked to sleep in the closet better. And I don't like it, but it is what it is, and I'm, I have to put up with it. <laughs> but I wondered why that suddenly changed. And it isn't just that particular change, but sometimes the dog will go hang out in a totally different place in the house for no apparent reason. Well, there's no apparent reason to you, but there's a reason for the to the dog. And what's and that? Sometimes it's it's a good idea to to make a few notes, and it starts to form a pattern, or put something on a calendar, or try to notice what happened that day. Did something different happen? Something that may mean absolutely nothing to you, but does to the dog. Why do you think the dog went from sleeping on the bed to sleeping in the closet? I mean, it's, he was always a high, he was always hiding out in the closet during the day. That was his, just his hangout. His he felt cave. safer in a small place. Yeah, that's true. That that's absolutely. And true. you know, on moving day, if everybody's coming in and out, that's awfully upsetting for the dog. Oh no, he won't even be around moving day because I I, I know better. I know that would be just a fiasco. Not to that mention. would be horribly traumatic for him. Oh well, but you know, until he gets used to the place, and you may not want to give him free run of the whole house. You may want to designate made a room for a day or so. Yeah, I don't want to scare the daylights out of my little where guy. He's he kind of, you know, where you are, you know, maybe put up a baby gate in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Well, he's and a scaredy cat to begin area, with. So. And then let him have more of the house or in, take him around and introduce him to each room. <laughs> and if you have to put him on a leash in order to do that. Uh, and let him get accustomed to his new living space. Do you, you, so you really believe, and I actually do too, so let's talk about this a little bit more, that animals really have quite um, a myriad of emotions like pride, Absolutely. embarrassment. People don't give them enough credit. You know, it's funny. They'll say to me, oh, my dog was so sensitive when my fill-in-the-blank father, mother, spouse died. And yet they won't give the dog the credit for having the same emotion when it's something that impacts the dog. But how do you know they actually do have the same emotion, Darlene? You know how sensitive they are when you're upset. Doesn't your dog come to you when you're upset? No, he actually does not. <laughs> I don't know, maybe my dog lacks a little compassion. But no, actually, <laughs> actually, it's just, my dog's kind of an enigma. You're on you, your own. Let me know when you're feeling better and it's about me again. Is that the deal? Yeah, you know, he's kind of a funny dog. He's kind of an enigma. He's you know somewhere between uh, you know very loving and, and very cold. I don't know. He's a little moody. <laughs> But, you know, it's got to be kind of difficult to, you know, if it's difficult enough to diagnose depression in people, much less your dog. I mean, sluggishness. You can tell when they're moping around. You can tell when they're not up to snuff. And if there's no physical problem, if there's no underlying organic problem, then the dogs are depressed. And well, you I, have to do things to kind of get them out of it. Well, do, does, um, do the, does the dog then need a doggy therapist? Well, you can take your dog to a behavior consultant if you feel that's necessary, but there are a few things you can try on your own first. Like? Spend a little more time with your dog. Mm -hmm. Now, do Get you mean dog. actually physically being active with the dog or just keeping the dog in the same room with you while you're maybe it, working? Go for, longer, go for more walks. Be yeah. physically active with the dog. Get involved in something that keeps the dog's mind and body occupied. Because when he's busy with something like that, he hasn't got enough time to be depressed, and then he'll suddenly discover, gee, he's having fun. And that can get him out of it. And just more time with you is going to mean everything. You are your dog's whole world. Oh, isn't it the craziest thing? It's just the, the craziest. But, yeah, I mean, he, you know, my dog's actually pretty content if he's in the car with me, and, I mean, he's just happy as a clam he doesn't care what mm -hmm. you know, if i say let's go for a ride him. he goes crazy loves the car loves loves with him pardon me do things with him take him with you get involved in a dog sport where you and he have to be active thinking and doing together and you'll meet other people and he'll meet other dogs oh what a novelty <laughs> somebody else of my species of when course, you, he may think his species is human if he hasn't spent enough time with other dogs recently. Right. But, you know, no, another thing, dogs sleep a lot, especially as they get older. So how do you know whether they're sleeping because they're depressed or they're sleeping because because they're older? Because, I mean, you know, it's... It... Well, he needs a, a complete physical. And when they reach an older age, when they reach senior, it should be... A physical every six months. What do you mean senior? Does that mean like in dog years, like months. seven times nine, so 63, that's senior? It's like we've had a checkup every three and a half years. It's not a huge deal. But what it will do is set a baseline, mm -hmm. and then they can tell if there's a change and there's any illness sooner rather than later, so it's easier to catch. And that's very important for your dog. 
Well, but so you're saying that physical more time with you, and he needs to have this input. He's going to be less depressed, and you'll get him out of the depression. You can kind of jolly him out of it just by his understanding that you're there. He's safe. He's secure. He has you as his anchor, and you're always going to be doing things together. Let me just veer off for a second. Darlene, how did you get involved in animal um, behavior? I find it really very fascinating. I could just go Oh, I have been involved with animals and writing about animals for a very long time. And I went to a lecture. I was covering the Morris Animal Foundation meeting for Dog World magazine. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lecture by Dr. Karen Overall, and she turned my life around. She is one of the world's best veterinary behaviorists. What's and her name? I still remember what she said to this day. And what's and her I, name? Her name is Dr. Karen Overall. Uh huh. And she was heading up the behavior department at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, and she's now on the human medicine side. And she is absolutely brilliant. I started getting more involved, attending all of the behavior tracks at veterinary conferences and learning as much. I became a sponge for veterinary, for veterinary behavior. Is there any scientific evidence behind some of this information or is it, um, you know, more opinions? Can you find more about it? No. I said what I asked you is, um, is it more is this more of opinions that, you know, you're finding about animal behavior, or is there really scientific evidence? Oh, no, there's scientific evidence. That animals can get depressed, they do have feelings. Oh, absolutely. So how do you really know? All of it. In fact, I've started a behavior fund at the American Kennel Club's Canine Health Foundation in my mother's memory so that we can do more behavior studies and find out even more. And the side effect of that is that whatever AKC Canine Health Foundation funds usually ends up helping people as well. So that things do often move from veterinary medicine to human medicine, and we may be able to make some breakthroughs, not just for dogs, but for people. Darling, why um, do some animals go absolutely crazy with storms? What do they go crazy with what? Storms. Storms? Yeah. Because they see hearing is so sensitive. And they can hear it long before it comes, and they can feel the vibrations. And I've been in a home in Kansas when the dogs have gone absolutely nuts, as, just as the weather report was announcing, or just a minute before the weather report announcing a tornado, which turned out to be in another part of the state, thankfully, because I wasn't sure what to do in a tornado. Mm-hmm. But grab the dogs and run to the basement is what it was, but um, the dogs immediately knew that was coming just before it was ever announced on TV. They can feel it. But why would an animal be afraid? I mean, like that shaking sort of... Because of the noise. It's sound sensitivity. Thunder sounds pretty startling to us. I mean, how many times have you jumped when you suddenly heard a clap of thunder? Well, that's true. Yeah. And their hearing is so much more sensitive. If it sounds awful to us, magnify that by a hundred at least. That's yeah, and, and what about those little doggy coats that you can put on your your animal? Um It's a really good idea, the Thunder shirt. Oh, so you really think it works? It can work. 
it can certainly or- help or put on any sort of t-shirt they need to feel swaddled like an infant it makes them feel more secure otherwise you're going to find your dog normally hiding in the bathroom behind the toilet <laughs> why they feel more grounded there i have no idea i don't understand how plumbing works so- I, that's exactly what my dog does I, <laughs> he goes in the bathroom and hides behind the toilet. They all do it. Al- although in the um, when there's a storm going on, like an all night storm kind of thing, he likes to be in the shower. Uh huh. I set up a little bed in there, and and he's just really comfortable. Yeah, and this is not unusual. <laughs> um, I love the way you laughed. Like maybe this was you know I had suddenly magically appeared in your house and was peeking, and suddenly knew what was happening. Well, it's, but, it is amazing. I mean, it really, truly is amazing. I mean, animal behavior but is But it's silly. very common. And if you can, there are some albums you can get for The Sound of Thunder, and you can desensitize the dog, but it's not really as accurate as the real Sound of Thunder, depending upon the sound system you have in your house. So you can work with that, but usually something like a Thunder shirt, swaddling them in, in mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. that fits tightly and feels snug and secure and distracting them during the storm is the best thing you can do. Darlene, is there anything you'd like to tell our listeners before we say goodbye? We just have a, a minute or so left, and there's just there's so many questions I could ask you, but I'm just going to give you the floor for a second. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners that, um, like if we're going out, should we turn music on? Should we turn the TV on? Is there anything that we can do to make their lives better, more comfortable, less, less neurotic? When we're not around? Putting music on or a TV always helps. It does. Okay. Because otherwise they're totally alone. At least they can hear human voices that way. A lot of dogs find music very calming. They prefer classical music usually. Oh, really? Uh, Some dogs, like I know somebody in New Zealand whose dog much prefers heavy metal. I can't explain (laughs) it. I don't even want to think about it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How could our listeners find you? They can find me by going to www.darlenearden.com, and there is also there are all kinds of articles there and links to my books and links to places that I trust on the Internet. Plus, on the front page, there's a link to my uh, pet blog, and they can get even more information over there at Perpetually Speaking. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you for being on Talk with Francesca today. It was a pleasure. It has been such a pleasure being on the air with you. Thank you so much, Francesca. You're welcome. Have a great week. All right, it's time to say until next week, but you don't have to wait until next week for us to chat. Send me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com, and I'll get right back to you. And don't forget, the first 10 uh, listeners who email me will receive uh, a ticket to the King Richard's Fair uh, valued at 28 bucks. So if you want to know more about what's on, on the horizon um, on Talk with Francesca, just visit my website, Talk with Francesca, and click on Upcoming Shows. Have a fantastic week, and I hope I gave you something to talk about. See you next week. Don't try so hard to move past the moment. Hi, I'm Donna McGovern, and I'm a real estate agent working in the Remax on the River office in the beautiful coastal town of Newburyport. I enjoy working with clients on the North Shore and in the Merrimack Valley areas. One of my specialties is I have an eco-broker certification, meaning I have a deep interest in protecting our environment and in energy efficiencies and cost-saving ideas. 
Buying and selling a home I know is an investment of which one must take seriously, but I also think it's important to have fun along the way. I found that the most successful transactions have been based on mutual trust and respect between all involved parties. I hope you take the time to give me a call so we can set up an appointment to meet and I can provide some information on how to have a positive and successful home buying and home selling experience. The number to reach me is 978-992-4535. That's 978-992-4535. If I were your real estate agent, you'd be home now. Are you tired of looking tired? Well, I have the answer, Botox. That's right, Botox. It's one of the most common cosmetic procedures performed in the United States, and Rose Rogers of Laser RN Skincare is just the professional to do it. Her warm and caring manner will leave you with a relaxed look on your face, and there's absolutely no downtime. When it comes to injectables, Rose ranks among the most highly trained and well-respected nurse injectors. She has been administering safe, effective cosmetic treatments in Massachusetts for over 10 years. Under the direction and supervision of Dr. Michelle Sassmore, a board-certified plastic surgeon at Riversong Plastic Surgery in Newburyport, she has performed hundreds of Botox and filler treatments. So don't just go to anyone for Botox. Go to Rose Rogers, Laser RN Skincare, 12 Bay Street, Wilmington, and know you are in the best of hands. And just wait for your friends to ask where you went on vacation. You know they will. Call Rose Rogers, Laser RN Skincare at 978-203-0560. That number again is 978-203-0560. You'll be glad you did. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Are you looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you'll want to dine at Terramia's. This North End Italian restaurant provides a simply divine culinary experience and, as quoted in Zagat's Restaurant Guide, pastas without compare. And it's reasonably priced. This North End gem will keep you coming back. Terramia is simply the best Italian restaurant in all of Boston. Call 617-523-3112, 617-523-3112, or terramiarestaurante.com. After a long day of school, it can be a challenge to motivate your child to complete homework. But homework is an essential part of learning. I'm Paul Toner, president of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. Homework can improve children's thinking and memory and help develop positive study habits that will serve them well throughout their lives. Working together, parents and teachers can make this a successful school year for every student in Massachusetts. A message from the Massachusetts Teachers Association. 